close the door behind us. The seal to the door feeling like I've sealed my own casket. The sound of the storm feeling even more quiet. As their heavy footsteps move past the entryway and into my living room. I stay stood with my back to the door. Not knowing where Morgan went, my body tenses. Jesus, would you like to report any of this, doctor? Something tells me you... You made this mess yourself. I move from leaning on the door and start to follow them into the living room, keeping my distance from them. What do you mean by that, Detective? Schaefer, just start looking around. Detective Schaefer moves swiftly around my living room, his ape-like movements grabbing and throwing my belongings every which way, while Detective Brennan keeps his eyes locked on me. I can feel his stare, but like most men in those high-up positions, I see a wobble in his confidence, a break in his wave of certainty. He holds a notebook in his hand. As I start to stare back at him without breaking, he starts to glance down at his notebook and back up to me, like a student sketching a subject. I've seen this before, in my patients when they aren't as confident in their deception as they'd like to be. What happened here, Doctor? Quite the mess. My maid's on vacation. A snarky response that escapes me before I even knew what I said. Excuse me, like I said, this isn't the best time. Detective Schaefer moves around behind me, watching him in my peripheral, praying that Morgan is well hidden. All your lights are burnt out, Doctor. The detective clicks on a flashlight, exposing the extreme clutter in my home. I see you have the news on. Anything interesting? (sighs) Detective, I was just made aware that my dear friend was found dead. I'm not in a place where I can answer your questions. A tear escapes me. A genuine one. A blink and look down. The tear almost moving in slow motion as it smacks the ground. I look back up to Detective Brennan, now a step closer, extending a tissue. I know it must be hard, Doctor. I grab the tissue from his hand and nod in thanks. Hey, we want this to end too. We have a message that was left by your friend and patient Allie to her boyfriend Cole. Now even with all the fighting and arguments reported to have happened between them, took one look into that boy's face and knew he was more broken than anything. The guilt tends to weigh heavy on those who happen to be the last person a victim has spoken to. Like that call being received instead of missed would have changed everything. The real tragedies that we'll never know. Nothing. Except a little toy horse. Check the bedroom. My heart starts to beat faster as I realize that's the last place where Morgan can be hiding. The detective's heavy steps moving down the hall toward my bedroom. Apparently on this message left on Cole's parents' answering machine, she mentioned you. Oh my god. Brandon finally takes his eyes off of me to turn around at Detective Schaefer's call. My heart seizing with fear, as I don't know how Morgan will react. I start to move toward the door only to be stopped in my tracks by Detective Brennan. He grips my shoulder and holds me in my place. I grab his arm and try to break away. What is it, Schaefer? Schaefer walks into the bedroom, disappearing from our view. 
his footsteps hollowing as he moves further into the room. A cold sweat, equal to both mine and Detective Brennan, forms on our brows. Steps move back toward the door. What do you have, Schaefer? Detective Schaefer stands in the doorway and holds his hand out, his backlit figure blocking almost all of the light, but link by link, a gold chain falls from his hand. The weight of the gold locket bouncing back up in the air as Schaefer's childish grins looks at both of us. The flame and the fuse meeting its mark. Allie's tattered gold locket. I feel Detective Brennan's grip tighten on me as I look at him. His eyes look back at me, but no smile to be found. I think you know what this means, Doctor. I close my eyes, and the sound of handcuffs closing around my wrists echoes throughout my destroyed home, almost rivaling the intense storm that rages right outside. The storm has moved inside now, inside all of us, accumulating into this perfect whirlwind in my living room. My eyes feel heavy with extreme exhaustion, opening them again only for a second to see Morgan standing outside the glass doors, not seen by the detectives. His eyes look at me as he starts to step backward. Sadness falls over his face as he slowly fades into the blackness of the dark mountainside. I lose consciousness. Allie, please keep listening to this message. Even if you don't call me back, just please hear me out. I really need you right now. I really need you right now. The clouds and my vision begin to part as I slowly open my eyes to a familiar voice. For a split second, the feeling that maybe everything up until now has been a dream, and that Miguel and Allie are okay, and I never met Morgan. But then another couple feelings hit me, the burning throughout my body, contrasted with the ice-cold metal of this table I rest my head on. I open my eyes and lift my head from the table. 
An immediate wave of nausea hits me as I look across the table to see Detective Brennan, seated at the other end, while Detective Schaefer stands leaning against the wall behind him, their eyes on me like rabid dogs, ready to rip a confession from my chest. Schaefer looking as if he'd do anything to see me put away. I glance to my left and catch my reflection in the one-way mirror. My outfit the same, even though a part of me expected a bright orange jumpsuit. My hair a matted mess. The cut on my head, now accompanied by another small cut that bleeds fresh. After a few moments of intense staring into myself, I realize I've probably been unknowingly staring right into the face of whoever you would call the boss of these two detectives watching from the other side, trying to be aware of what I'm saying on my face. A thousand yards stare at myself and this mirror doesn't exactly read as stable. Schaefer moves from the wall a step forward in an annoyed gesture. My attention forward to the detectives. You're going to want to pay attention to this tape, doctor. Up until our little field trip to the Beaumont residence, this was the lid to the coffin. But we still needed the nail. Schaefer tosses Allie's locket onto the table between Detective Brennan and myself. It's heavy clang, making my teeth clench. Hey, take it easy. Brennan quickly grabs the locket and holds it with more care. In his hands as he gently opens it, flipping it around and looking at the photos on the inside. Allie really loved this thing. At least that's what we hear from Cole. A special family heirloom that transcends a modern relationship. Through time, a happy couple shines on, riding that wave of a true lifelong romance in hopes that your love rings all the same bells in the silent, vacant hearts of the lonely masses. Or, maybe Cole just lifted this off some old woman while riding the bus to meet our dear, sweet Allie. He quickly confessed that after just a little pressure. Personally, I love the family heirloom story and I'm glad that Allie never knew the truth there because, well, sometimes the truth only hurts. We all ride along never speaking our truth until little pressure is applied. Am I right, Doctor? I don't know why Detective Brennan speaks to me this way. Forgive me, Detective Shakespeare, but... I'd like to know how I got here. My words still feeling not quite my own. You passed out in your living room, Doctor. Pretty much at the side of this locket here after it was found in the bedroom of your home. The fiery feeling rising up. Doctor, we'll stop beating around the bush here and let you know where we are. Cole, while not exactly boyfriend of the year, beyond petty theft... We don't believe he's capable of really anything much less than a crime of this complexity. Miguel, on the other hand, has no connection to Cole, only to Allie and then to you. Detective, I thought you weren't going to beat around the bush. Detective Brennan stares back at me, his natural kind demeanor starting to shift as the fire in my throat rages. Doctor, we know you're responsible for all this. We know Miguel and Allie trusted you and followed you to wherever you took them and did this to them. Detective Brennan slaps a series of photos on the table and fans them out in front of me. 
my stomach falling from space as my eyes run over all of the gruesome photos. The details becoming more horrid with every second. I see a photo labeled Miguel, and in it a man lays caked into a muddy patch of earth. His body perfectly clean of anything except a face that has been burnt cleanly down to the bone. The unnaturally bleached white bone popping from this bleak gray image like a sugar skull. The face of the skull peeking from its fleshy surroundings as the rest of the head is left untouched. The gap in the smile filling in a horrible relation from a past delivery. Detective Brennan slides the engagement ring box with the shiny gold tooth glinting from it. Also found in your room, Doctor. Along with some other evidence we're still trying to make sense of. My eyes move to the next photo labeled Allie. Her body. Clothing. The same as when she was in my office. Her body laid out on her back. In the middle of Market Street. Her face the same way. Like they had come face to face with a dragon. My throat burning with an acidic, sulfur taste. Detective, I need to make something clear to you. Fighting the feeling in me. There are a lot of details that you are missing. They are crucial. Detective Brennan sits up in his seat while Detective Schaefer stays reserved against the wall, shadowed by the dimly lit room, presumably not believing me, even for a second. What is it, Doctor? My stomach clenching with pain as waves of heat roll up my body, my insides practically smoking, filling my eyes with bloodshot veins. A sharp pain digs in as I clench my chest in pain. Brennan's eyes widening as he watches me squirm in my seat. Are you okay, Doctor? I lean forward in pain as a bead of sweat falls from my forehead and it hits the table. I close my eyes as words escape me, my hot breath about 1,000 degrees. Morgan. Morgan. His name finally leaving my mouth. Morgan? Who's Morgan? He He's my newest patient. He... He is the one responsible for all of this. Morgan is the one you need to find. He was at my house. You must have found him there. You had you had to have seen him. Doctor, we didn't find anyone else in or around your home. What's Morgan's last name? The holes in my own information exposing me. I I I don't know. He he left a message at my office. His mother called me, and they both left messages on my office answering machine. You need to get that tape, Detective. You mean this one? Detective Schaefer walks around Detective Brennan and pops open the machine that sits on the table and places the tape from my answering machine. Detective Brennan's eyes hardly blinking. The tape plays. Yeah, we listened. Nothing but dead air, Doctor. No mysterious message to be found. The only mystery being how you thought you were going to get away with all of this. My jaw chatters together even though my insides still burn with an intense heat. I clench my teeth and relax. 
clench and relax as this feeling washes over me and sinks in like a tide on a dry beach. I look up at the detectives as they peer for any information to tie up this story once and for all. Their eyes revealing their anxiety that I might have something else to say to claim my innocence. But I don't. We also have a police report by the Fairmont Hotel. You were removed for loitering in their lobby and then refusing to leave. I suppose you're going to tell me that was Morgan too? Or his mother. The fire in me starting to recede, and I feel even more sick than before. Morgan, he has to be real. He has to be. He has to be. I walk into the holding cell the detectives personally escort me to. I get the sense that they don't want to take their eyes off of me for even a second, in fear that I might do something. The strangeness of this case would only reflect the strangeness of the person conducting it. If they really believe I'm responsible for all of this, fear is a realistic reaction. The door closes behind me, and the sound of the door echoes through the facility. My steps small and weak, as the fiery feeling leaves me exhausted from the inside out. I turn around to see Detective Brennan staring at me through the little cell door window, at first annoyed by this man's face. I start to look at him. He stares only for a few moments before moving on, but his eyes tell me something. A glimmer of doubt either in my confession or in his decision. Either way, uncertainty just filled the little window to my cell. I look to my left and walk toward the bed that sits to the side of the room, mirroring another bed on the opposite side. this is happening. How can I find Morgan? I rest my head into the palm of my hand. Hello, doctor. Oh my god. My eyes have been deceiving me, so I take a second to clear my vision in front of me. My eyes, all watercolor from my tears, start to pull focus on the man sitting on the bed across from mine. Morgan, seated as if we were in the middle of a session. How are you, Doctor? Morgan! Doctor, before you speak... My lips start to snarl at Morgan. I lose control of myself. I lunge at him, only to land on the empty bed he once sat on. I whip myself around to see if he now sits on the bed I was previously on, vanishing and appearing there. Why did you tell them about me, Doctor? Morgan, what the hell is going on? What is happening? Well, we have some catching up to do. You're right, we really do. Now tell me, who are you? Oh, come on, Doctor. Everybody's gotten it by now except you. Morgan leans in towards me and his eyes look into mine. I'm you, and you're me. But 
not that simple. This realization washing over as I'm realizing it was already there, just like Morgan. He's always been there. We've always been one, Doctor. But I wish I could say that it's that simple. In that room, you did something I've never been able to do. You talked about me. You said my name to them in hopes that I was a separate person. A separate individual with his own problems and his own bloody hands to be shackled and locked away. You know that feeling you've been getting. Like you're about to spit napalm. I get that too. I want you to listen to me, Doctor. And I want you to listen good. I stare back at Morgan with dead eyes. As I'm realizing my hands are bloody after all. I glance down at them, now looking dirtier in my eyes. Morgan, why did you kill my patients? Doctor, listen to me. My friends, you killed them, didn't you? You son of a bitch. I jump at Morgan in another attack, but instead of meeting empty air, his body clashes with mine as he holds both of my wrists like a bear trap. I wrestle and smack at his chest. You monster! Why did you kill them? I didn't kill them, Doctor. I didn't kill them. He pulls his arms down and looks me right in the eye, his touch speaking to me as much as his words. I didn't kill them, and neither did you. <gasps> I, I don't understand. Doctor, if there's anything you should remember right now, while we are the same person, that brain of yours didn't just stop with us. That fiery feeling in you, that's the third being in you. Something else lives inside of us, Doctor. Something that has been festering and growing and lashing out. It is why we are in this cell. Not you and not me. It is responsible. <gasps> oh God, I can't believe this. Believe it, Doctor. You are the vehicle. I'm in it. But it is in control now. Do you understand me? Have, have you... Have you seen it? Every night, you go to sleep and we wake up. But you did something in that room that I've never been able to do. This entity in us refuses to let anybody get close to discovering who we really are. You wonder why you can't talk or why I wasn't able to talk. It's because it won't let us. But you got through. You broke its rules and talked about me. There's a weakness in a doctor, and you've exposed it. But why? But why? Why me? What does it want? I don't know, doctor. Our thoughts are linked on some levels, but not all of them. All I know is you've taken some of that power back. Morgan, look where we are. Where's the power? At this moment, I catch sight of something in my peripheral vision. A face in the cell door window. I turn and look to see Dr. Soren's face looking back at me. Her day not looking any better than mine. If she's witnessed any of this conversation, she'll have something to say. The storm rages over this bright city. The floodgates have opened. But even the destructive nature of this storm is the most beautiful thing in my eyes. 
I stare out of the window to my right, my eyes swollen and streaked with tears, tracking each streetlight as it passes by, eliminating my face for a second before it's gone. I look to my left and see that Dr. Soren keeps both eyes on the road ahead, her expression bleak and jagged with emotion. A glance into the back seat as I see Morgan sitting in the seat behind Dr. Soren, his eyes on me. I turn back around and take a breath. <sighs> Thank you, Elise. Dr. Soren's look turning to anger. What? Thank you. No. You don't thank me. This is not the time for you to be thanking me. I don't think you understand what's happening here. This is not good, Lisa. Those detectives are ready to railroad you right into a death penalty. Your face is all over the news, so you don't thank me until you can talk to me. I look back to Morgan, who nods back to me. They didn't let you into my custody because we are friends. They put you with me because I am the only person here with the power to convince them there's more to this case than you. Please, don't make me a liar, Lisa. There's more, but probably not what you're expecting. Well, let me ask you. Are you seeing someone? Is there someone here with us right now? My voice hesitates, but the fiery feeling is no more. Yes. Okay. Well, um... Oh, God. The pressure weighing on Dr. Soren as she realizes that I am guilty. We're going to work it out, Lisa. Okay? I'm taking you back to my house. No, I need to go home. Your home is a crime scene, Lisa. You can't go back there. I look back to Morgan, whose face is filled with worry. I need to go back there, Elise. No, Lisa. We are not going back there. I cannot risk something happening. I reluctantly go silent as my thoughts start to whirlwind in my head. The feeling of multiple streams of thought running over my brain at once. For the first time, I can feel it. I can feel it all. Everything bottlenecking at the final point where thought becomes action. Words become speech, and actions become final. I slump in my seat like a moody teenager and continue to stare at the passing lights overhead. God damn it. I knew the second I saw that other doctor that Beaumont was going to slip away. She's not slipping away, Shaver. She's just under psychological evaluation. We'll get her back soon. For now, we just need to work with the evidence we have. There's still a ton of holes here. Bullshit. We've been here before, Brennan. I can't wait and flip through any more journals. What we need isn't sitting here in some box. I'm going back up to Beaumont's house, and I'm coming back with an explanation. You need me? Call my cell. Schaefer, wait! Dr. Soren opens an umbrella for me to get out of the car with. I step out into the rain, and the wind that feels to be growing with intensity by the second, the umbrella barely able to hold its flimsy structure. We start to walk to her door, 
and I notice Morgan standing a few feet behind me. His once neat combed hair and ironed clothes, now windswept and soaking wet. A look into his eyes spurs a feeling within as I look back to Dr. Soren. She walks a step in front of me with her keys drawn and jingling in her hand. A tingle in my spine. A feeling. No. No feeling. The light flips on and we walk inside. Okay, well, um, I think we should save any major discussion until the morning, seeing as we both are at our wit's end. I have towels in the room if you want to dry off. We walk down her narrow hallway past her bedroom and bathroom. We'll have to be in the same room, if you don't mind. And the detectives insist. Out of nowhere, Dr. Soren is struck in the head and falls to the floor unconscious. I look and see Morgan standing over her, gripping a wood piece pulled from some furniture. I look down at Elise Soren, my poor psychiatrist, laying unconscious. I look on my palm to see the wood piece is now in my hand. Where it has always been. I'm sorry, doctor. We need to get to your house. The entity is fighting back. All right, doc. Tell me your secrets. There's something you are hiding here. I know it. Maybe another room somewhere. What the hell? Who's there? What the hell? No. Wait. 